I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. I am Liz Wright. I just want to start today's very special show um, by inviting you to, if you can, for the next sort of approximately 30 minutes, just shut your world out. Come into this present moment and with all of your heart, just listen for the nuggets that I know that Jesus is going to release through my very special guests' conversation with me today that can change your life, literally change your life in such a time where so many of you are writing in. Thank you for taking the time to do that, to say that this show has become a lifeline for you. There's so much fear and uncertainty in people's lives right now. So just, this is your moment. So I encourage you just, if you can, sit down, relax, open your heart and just listen. This is going to be a life-changing 30 minutes. My special guest today is somebody that has impacted my life hugely. He is a man whose relationship and decades of experience has resulted in a movement of love that has birthed around the nations. It is transforming lives, it's transforming culture. Literally, as he's teaching, keys of it's spiritual intelligence, it's how we live the Christian life. He is the author of a number of groundbreaking books. Um, some of them have been bestsellers. They are, again, full of profound wisdom. The books include Culture of Honor, which is a book that absolutely wrecked my world in a very good way. Keep Your Love On, which I know, again, has impacted countless numbers of people around the world. Powerful and Free, and his current book that I personally can't put down, which is called Unpunishable. He is a very, very humble man a very special man and clearly a man full of love. I want to welcome today my very special guest, of course, the one and only Mr. Danny Silk. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Liz. It's good to be here. It's so good to have you on. Danny, when I was preparing for today's show, I started by reading your current mission statement. And if I can just read it out because the words so impacted me and then if I can I want to ask you two huge questions <laughs> so, which I know that all the family listening around the world will want to hear your answers to as well as I do the words of your mission statement say that you are as a ministry on a mission to build powerful people people who choose love over fear people who strengthen and protect quality relational connections, that you are passionate about equipping people to create a powerful relational legacy for future generations in their homes, organizations, and communities. You're building powerful people who choose love over fear. That's what impacted me. I just sat there in that moment and thought, my goodness me, this is who we are. This is God's intention for our life. So my huge questions to you to begin with are, can you share with us, how do we become powerful people and how do we choose love over fear? 
particularly in our current day where there is so much fear? We have to first realize that it's uh, it, responsibility originates from the inside out. And when people get that reversed, they give, they give their power away. Uh, when I say that uh, something out there made me feel something, made me decide a certain way, made me choose a certain action, when that made me do something, then, then I've moved the power away from me and I've moved it to a place to where I am powerless. When I become powerless, I am not responsible for what I think, what I say, what I feel, or what I do. That out there is responsible. And so I blame it. I blame that powerful thing outside of me for what is going on inside of me. So greater is he who's outside of me than he who's inside of me. So you see where we get it wrong is we move the responsibility away from us so we can act powerless or in 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 other terms we can act like a victim of that powerful thing but when we move responsibility inside of us and realize that i'm the one who makes the decisions i'm the one who has the choices i'm the one who decides what i'm going to think about all day what i'm going to feel and how long i'm going to feel it what I'm going to say with things that are going to come out of my mouth or out of my fingertips or what I'm going to do. I'm the one who decides that ultimately. No one is going to get before the great throne of judgment and have the Lord say, and so who would you like to blame your life on? Right. So you actually, we actually inadvertently give our power away. Usually we're trained as children, we're, ch we're trained as children to believe that our parents control us, that our teachers control us, that bigger, scarier kids control us. And so we, we cultivate powerlessness from a very young age because it's just built into authority structures generally. Unless you had somebody who required you to think and required you to take responsibility for yourself, and didn't just simply train you to conform and obey and move with a herd, you know? So uh, a lot of authorities are very happy to have you believe that you're, that you're controllable. And the ones who are not willing to participate, they, they get eliminated from the herd, right? And so we, we keep this group think going and everybody uh, kind of, conforms to each other it's like the 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 monkeys that they i don't know if it's true or not but it's a great uh, illustration where they put a monkey in a room and there's a chair with a banana hanging down and the monkey goes with the banana and the researchers squirt it with cold water and so it it shrinks away and then they let another monkey in there and he does the same thing and they squirt that monkey and so he he gets back and then the third monkey comes in and he reaches for it and they squirt all three of the monkeys and then the fourth one comes in and he goes for the, the banana and the other three attack him and keep him away from the banana. And then the, they start taking one out that's been squirted, let a new one in. The other three attack the, the new guy 
And eventually, none of the monkeys in the room have ever been squirted by the water, but they all attack the guy who reaches for the banana. They have no reason, they have no understanding as to why they're doing it. It's just been cultivated in the culture. And so culture actually helps us believe the lie that somebody else is responsible for me in all the freedoms that God wants to give me. Adam and Eve were created free. They were created absolutely free in the goodness of God. And they had one rule. One rule in the garden. Don't do this. Why? So that they have a ruler. They have a rule when there's one rule. But that's all you need to have a ruler. That's how you protect the relationship is simply protect this one agreement. You're the ruler. I'm not. I'm surrounded in your goodness. And I'll protect this relationship. And the enemy comes along and says, oh, God is so afraid that if you break his rule, you'll be like him. Well, they already were like him. They were free. They were so free. They didn't even know they were naked. That's free. I kind of even, how, how do you forget you're naked, right? right. That's, that's freedom. That's the, that's, that's the created freedom. And we have one rule. But because man has to make this decision every day, who's going to be my ruler? Who will make the rules today? And Adam decided, I want to make the rules. So he breaks the one rule that he has so that he can be the rule maker. And he doesn't become more like God. He became more like the serpent. He didn't see like God. He sees like the serpent. And now he makes all his decisions through the eyes of the serpent. And that's the fall of man. The fall of man is I've put on the eyes of the one who perverts my father. And now we're afraid and now we're ashamed. And that is what has led to being willing to live in fear, being willing to live in shame and actually have it feel like it fits. And so when Jesus comes, he comes to give us a brand new eyes. Unless a man is born again and can now see from a completely different lens, unless, that, unless a man is born again, he'll never see the Father as he truly is and the kingdom. He won't be able to see it. And so it's kind of scary to think that every person since Adam has seen the Father through the serpent's eyes. As the only option that men had all that time. And as a result, we have twisted and perverted representing the Father until Jesus comes. And then when Jesus comes, the biggest opponent that he had were the ones who were trained in the religious paradigm of seeing the Father through the serpent's eyes. And they actually think they can be God. And so Jesus tells them that parable of the, the man who owns the vineyard but has stewards taking, taking care of it. And he sends his servant to come in to collect what is his, and they beat him up. And he sends another servant in, and they, and they kill him. And then he sends his sons 
thinking, well, surely they'll honor my son. And the, and the stewards of the vineyard say, hey, if we kill the son, this will be ours. Once again, mankind's attempt to be God, to be the rule maker, is what, is what separates us from choosing one rule, love. Basically, Jesus gave one rule. We're back to that again. Love. Actually, I'll, I'll multiply it out for you. There's three rules. Love, love, love. <laughs> All you need is love. So it yes. wasn't the Beatles that came over that. It was Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, um, I can't put your book down, Danny, honestly. I mean, I'm literally... I'm literally underlining like every page. But there was something that I really, it connects in with what you're saying. I just wanted to read this out. It's from, actually there are a couple, this from page 91 and 93. And it just, the language that the Lord has given you, just, it, it opens up for us the revelation in a very accessible way about what has actually happened at the fall, what sin is. And uh, it's profound, but I just encourage you, everybody that's watching and listening right now, just listen to these words. I, I got such a revelation. When we sin, you see, obviously I'm reading directly from Danny's book. When we sin, God doesn't turn his face from us. This was the bit that was like a light bulb for me. But in the deception of sin, we imagine that he does. This imagined rejection and punishment produces the fear of punishment, which leads us to run and hide from God like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Separation from God is the false reality we end up living in by believing the enemy's lies and accusations against him and ourselves. And then you just continue on over onto page 94. When we enter the new covenant through faith in Jesus, we become members of humanity 2.0. Love that phrase. Our identity and nature radically change by being restored to relationship with the Father through the Son. And it is on the foundation of this new identity and through the power of this new nature that we begin to learn to live in the new <laughs> relational paradigm of love which is what you're saying, Danny. It's all about love, restoration of our love connection with the Father and coming out of this deception that Satan's embedded into is that there is separation between us. We were never created to live separate from God. We're not God, is which obviously I'm paraphrasing what you're saying. And then your final sentence here is, in the process, we see with ever-increasing clarity that our lives in the old punishment paradigm were based on a false identity or lack of identity. We were orphans, we were separate, and in that experience. Now we are sons and daughters who share in Christ's nature, spirit, and access to the Father, all of which lead us to embrace an entirely different set of core beliefs, motives, behaviors, and goals. I mean, to me, it was just, I thought, my goodness me, your language in the whole book, Danny, just lays out for us what has happened, who we are now, the privileged life that we can live. And it's the how-to, really. This is a, 
for me, it's a, it's a roadmap of spiritual intelligence, the wisdom that God has given you over the years that says to us all, this is how we do it. This is how we become, live powerfully. This is how we become culture changers. This is the culture of heaven coming on earth. This is how you do it, which is, I think, what we desperately need in the body. We have our revelations. We have our beautiful experience of the Lord. We need to know how to maintain it and how to shift from the old paradigm of fear of punishment, living in, in, in varying degrees of the deception of separation that's come in through the fall and, and now being delivered into this capacity to live in what you call new relational, the new relational paradigm of love. Could you unpack that a bit more for us? Because for me, that language is life-changing. It's a, it's a way of demarcation where you go from one way of understanding, one paradigm of reality into a very clear new way of walking in kingdom life. Sure. I think that, uh, you know, when, when Jesus has this conversation with Nicodemus, you know, he says, and you are a teacher in Israel and you don't know that unless you are born again, unless you have brand new eyes, you won't see the kingdom. You won't, you won't see the Father. You, 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 are, uh, you are unable to have a Father because you are locked in this paradigm of, of the deception. Uh, you know, when, when the Pharisees come to Jesus, and he says, if you know my father, you'd know me. And they say, we are of Abraham. Our father, his fathers are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are of the God. He said, if you, you are not, you are of your father, the serpent, the devil. You are locked in a twisted, perverted, separate, orphaned identity. You're trapped there. And so Jesus comes, and a lot of people think, I don't know what they think Jesus came to do. I think they, everybody thinks that Jesus came to hang on a cross. Like, no, it's actually not. He, he ended up, he knew that was going to happen. But Jesus came to show everyone the Father. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. The way he handles the woman caught in the act of adultery. Nobody can understand what just happened. It looks like Jesus just let this adulteress off the hook. But what he came to show everyone is this is how my father sees this woman. This is not how the, this is not how the Pharisees or anyone who had been trained by the Pharisees saw the woman. The, uh, Luke 15, the prodigal son, you know, it's actually the superstar father. It's not about the son at all. It's easy to be that selfish. It's easy to be that dishonoring. It's easy to be that destructive. This, this, this parable is not at all about the son. That father's behavior towards his son is supernatural. And so that is, that is what's being shown to us over and over and over by Jesus that nobody can understand. Nobody seems to be able to get what's going on because he's showing them a view of the Father that doesn't line up so much so that they're scared that he is going to change the way people see them 
And so they kill him. They're like, he's talking to them about the, the, the vineyard stewards. You know, the, the, the owner sends his son and they kill him. He's talking to them about what's going to happen. And so the, the transition from orphan, you're separate from God, you're kicked out of the garden, you're on your own, you're, you're running from a punishing God, you are, you are survivalist, you're, 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 you're addicted to self-preservation, control, punish, hide yourselves, get in charge, make your own rules, live like orphans, Two. You are sons and daughters of a loving father that will go through hell and high water to get to you to be restored to him. And so here's a gift of repentance. I want to offer you a way to get out of this condition that you're trapped in. I'm going to build a path. The path is narrow. There's one way. His name is Jesus. But all you got to do is come through that door, repent. Be reconciled to the Father and restored to one rule. You got one rule. I mean, when, as you're speaking, it's reframing. I think for people, it certainly has for me even more thoroughly how we actually see the scriptures. The entire scripture yeah. is the pursuit of Father. Like you say, yeah. this the prodigal son story is not about the sons. I mean, yes, there's levels of revelation we can receive from that scripture but it's actually about the father's heart desperately wanting us to understand honestly i've just been listening to you and reading your book and reflecting on the scriptures and adjusting my lens the lens of my heart actually to realize how he has always been in pursuit of us he never it was desperately painful for him that we fell into the deception and lived in the 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 worldview of separation and the experience emotionally of separation from him which was never his intention he's like you say he's not a punishing god so to to be able to shift into this place i think will provide for people a greater ability to trust and rest you know back to where we started uh, about you know where's where's the power um, so many people are afraid of the freedom that God wants to offer us because they've not moved responsibility into themselves to decide to protect love, to decide to manage themselves, to, to take responsibility for who's going to be my counselor. Is love going to be my counselor? Am I going to choose that only love will counsel me in my in my uh, when I feel scared or when I feel hurt or when I feel powerless, I will turn to love and I will choose love as my counselor, or will I turn and choose fear and and let fear be my guide? And so I would just say that you know when when you're offered freedom, you have to realize that you're powerful in that freedom, or you are going to be out of control because you put, you put your power out there. That controls me. And if that goes away, I'm out of control. And so it's, it's, it's important that, you know, in our, in our repentance, in, our, in that power shift, that, that I actually believe 
that greater is he who's in me than, than he who wants to counsel me. Like I would recommend turn your televisions off. Turn your, 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 your fear source off because this is, it, is, it is in place to scare you, to move you as a herd. And actually tap in and listen to love. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the counsel of God. Read the scriptures through the lens of a loving father. Mm-hmm. And watch what happens to the way you direct yourself. Because if you, can't, if you continue in this deluge of, it's the end of the world. It's just this year. It's just this year it's the end of the world. You know, do do some research back from you could go way back, but just go to Y2K. <laughs> just just go 20 years back and count every year we were gonna end because of the West Nile virus and the bird flu and uh, the uh oh the Mayan calendar and the you know the whatever <laughs> what you pick your disaster of the year, and this is the counselor. And it's just absolute demonic deception. Uh, you know, the prince of the power of the air rules the airways, rules the you know, mass media structure, and it's an absolute dis- distraction for people to connect to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of love. You know, to to you have to you have to stay you have to stay apart. You have to divide. You have to you know you have to cover yourself. Like hey hey hey, stop it! Somebody, somebody, pay attention. It's about this. It's about coming together. It's about being connected, heart to heart. It's not about get away from each other. Isolate yourself. No no, it's about gather in congregations it's about reinforce the kingdom love one another serve one another it's not about divide and and isolate that is a absolute demonic strategy yeah yeah that's what they do to prisoners they do that to prisoners to control them such wisdom danny it's such wisdom and i'm sure you family out there are just taking in every word here there's such power and strength and hope in what you're saying it's the truth isn't it it's the truth and whether you jesus is the truth i love as well what you say danny in your book um where you say that when we love we become like jesus i know that love casts out fear i know that i believe that I know that love and war are love and fear are in a war. They're like light and dark. They displace each other. So, so love casts out fear. But the bad news that most people don't realize is that fear casts out love. Wow. And so this is why it's a decision. Who will be your counselor? Because you will host the one you give authority to, the one you give access to. So it's a deliberate choice uh, to, to, to honor all people, to actually choose to love people I disagree with, 
to choose to love people that don't remind me of me. It's, it's so easy to surround myself with myself to justify myself. It's so challenging to actually keep my love on in situations where we don't agree or uh, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I can control you. And so, you know, family, family is compri comprised of people who disagree. <laughs> we just disagree. Like I, I ask people, how many have a family member? Yeah. How many of you have family members who think very differently than you? Same number of hands go up. Right. And so we don't, we don't expel them from our lives. We push past the issue and we communicate, we're family. I care about you. We're, we're going through this to the end together because we're family. That is a kingdom mindset when it comes to relationships, is that I will exalt the love above the disagreement, and our love will rule this rather than the disagreement will rule our love. My goodness, that's profound. So always your priority in what I'm hearing you saying is always your priority is connection connection with God, connection with each other, prioritizing the connection as, as the objective of the conversation and your life together rather than anything else. So, and choosing Absolutely. love, let me say choosing love. And it's difficult. I mean, it is difficult. Yeah. We get disconnected. And when we get disconnected, fear rushes in. Yeah. Fear occupies that space oh, while we're disconnected. So if I don't keep the goal of connection, then fear will become my counselor and I will change my goal. And no matter what the other person does, they can't connect to me because my goal is distance, not connection. Right. So we're pushed back into self-preservation and away from... We choose it. We choose it. We choose it. We choose it. Yeah. It's profound. Danny, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, really, really, please come back for part two. I can't believe that half an hour is just gone in a flash. Thank you so much for, for coming in and being in the conversation in the show today. I know that the, there's going to be thousands of people around the world just strengthened by what you've shared, just pearls of wisdom. And obviously, because it comes from an authentic life, you're living your message, obviously, every day. So thank you so much. We honor you and bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. And I just encourage you, you know, if you are struggling with fear, if you're struggling with your connection, your sensitivity to the presence of God right now, just listen to this show a few times. Just meditate on it because the presence of God is strong right now. And what you've just heard are pearls of life transforming wisdom. So bless you all. Look forward to being with you all again next week. Bye for now.